0: We're gonna talk about an unsung hero to most people, but one of the most important figures in the history of jazz, especially in the development of what we know as the big band, big band swing and jazz arranging. James, Fletcher, Hamilton, Henderson was born in a small town in Georgia in the 1800s, middle 1800s. He was in a very well-to-do upper middle class family. Both parents were educated. His father was a um, principal at a nearby uh, private school. Um, for black kids. And his mother was a musician and a teacher as well. Somewhere around the age of uh, six, she decided that uh, young uh, James Fletcher needed to learn to play piano, which was her primary instrument. And so the lesson started. He must have been a little bit reluctant because at some point his father decided that he would simply lock, him in his bedroom for hours and required that he practice. <laughs> Where did those parents go? And um, in a short amount of time, he was not just a proficient piano player, he was also a great reader of music, had begun to write a little bit and had developed an uncanny sense of pitch. So he could play by ear or by sight or any way you want to, he had it together. As life went on, he became more of an academic than a musician. And at a young age, he went to Atlanta University where he migrated toward the sciences. And uh, he graduated uh, within three years with degrees in chemistry and mathematics. He then uh, ended up moving to New York City to work in a lab where he practiced chemistry as a lab technician. His roommate was a musician. And in one uh, fateful evening, the roommate was sick He needed someone to substitute. He knew Fletcher could play the piano, so he uh, begged him to go in and solve for him. Fletcher went. At a certain point, he determined that he could make more money as a musician than a lab technician using his chemistry degree. Oh my God, how, how things have changed. Or his math degree. So at that point, he switched to music because it was economically more feasible for him and he had a good time with it. So he started playing piano here and there. His reputation grew. He became the music director for a couple of uh, record companies, which means that uh, he would provide the accompaniment for singers that came in to record primarily the blues even including Ethel Waters, when he moved to Black Swan Records. Um, He worked with John Hammond and people like that, the very best of the best of the best, providing accompaniments and musical arrangements and that kind of thing forever. He also developed a big band that was the big band of his day. Count Basie could not touch him. Duke Ellington could not touch him. He had the band. He had the players. Matter of fact, Coleman Hawkins ended up playing tuba parts on a bass saxophone and slowly migrated to the tenor saxophone as a soloist. That was the strength of his band. Roy Eldridge, Doc Cheatham, uh, people like that played in the trumpet section. This guy had a monster of a band. And he was a great arranger, so the band was cooking. At the Roseland Ballroom and places like that, they controlled New York City. Unfortunately, uh, Fletcher was a whole lot better at music than he was in managing a band. And at some point, uh, he started to lose money and couldn't afford to keep the band, uh, as fate would have it. At the point that uh, he had to give up his band, he's approached by Johnny Hammond, who had um, a new rising star, who needed some real jazz arrangements. Fletcher's a good guy. So what did he do? He hired himself out to a young guy from Chicago who would eventually become the king of swing. Now Fletcher knew Chicago well because he had lived there for a long time. As a matter of fact, he met Louis Armstrong there and Louis Armstrong moved from Chicago to New York City to play in Fletcher Henderson's band. So uh, 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 Satch may never have gone to New York had it not been for Fletcher. Moving on down the road, Fletcher started writing these arrangements for the Goodman band and to make sure they were played right and to take care of his boys, who were now unemployed musicians, he made sure that his musicians were hired to teach Benny Goodman's musicians how to play his arrangements properly with right interpretation, enunciation, dynamics, and all of that. And that's why that Goodman band sounded so good because not only were they playing Fletcher's arrangements, they were playing Fletcher's arrangements the way Fletcher's band was playing Fletcher's arrangements in the good old days. This arrangement continued for a long time. Fletcher continued to record for everybody, continued to write for everybody, He is responsible for organizing what we know as the big band and the sections, the sax section, the trumpet section, the trombone section, the rhythm section. That's all Fletcher Henderson. And he is responsible for creating, through his arrangements, the king of swings success, Mr. Benny Goodman. He did that, ladies and gentlemen. As a matter of fact, all of Benny's biggest hits were based on arrangements written by James. Fletcher, Hamilton, Henderson, better known as Fletcher Henderson. Here's a little side note, he had this little habit, whenever he would talk, he'd smack his lips. So his his nickname among the band members was Smack. Okay, so now you know who Smack is, and now you know the greatness of Mr. Fletcher Henderson. Thank you for listening.